and we are live on episode 37. Wow, he kind of stole the intro there. How do you feel about that, Brian? I'm not okay with that. You are the star of the show. Yes, you are. Okay. Can I do the intro and then we can revisit that? Sure. Okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 37, the Dave Steve episode. Oh, great reference. Dave Steve. The Toronto Blue Yes. I had the mullet. I had Nick Van Exel. Oh, and Meta World Peace, (laughs) also known as Ron Artest for all you dads out there. There you go. (laughs) Um. Okay. The star of the show. Screw both of you guys. Oh, come on now. Would you like to enlighten our listeners (laughs) as to what the heck is going on in here? Well, it's a Saturday night right now, and. uh, we were trying to come up with when we were going to pod this week. And because I would do it every night, but these two are busy. <laughs> Any night after 8.30, I'm in. Right. Um, but Justin and I were texting, and, and we stated that we were in, and, and Brian was still getting wet at softball practice in the rain. So we, we, practiced, we did practice through the rain, and I said, hey, listen, I'm not stopping because you might have to play through this. And it wasn't raining hard. All right. So we, we, it felt good. We finished up. Anyway, anyways, go ahead. Anyways, so we just stated that we were waiting for the star of the show and the executive right. producer. Nate Daniels, the, executive producer. To give the heads up that we were good to go tonight. <laughs> How did I become the star of the show? You sit in the middle. You sit in the middle. <laughs> you do the intro. All right. You're related and, to Rooney. Rooney's Nursery <laughs> sponsor of tonight's show. We're in the Rudy's Nursery uh, Freshman Parking Lot Podcast Recording Studios. Very nice. And I do greatly appreciate um, your mother who listens to the show. Um, that with the Mother's Day episode, the last episode that we did, um, did email in saying that uh, she was a mom emailing in, but didn't want a hat because she already had a hat. So, so does that mean the offer is still out there for any moms that would like a hat? I think so. Um, so there was a student that walked through school the other day with a shirt that said, I heart heart hot moms. <laughs> Actually, so we have a hot mom, you get like, maybe you get two. Yeah. This is, this is getting out from real quick. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm not even going to respond. about this. Not even going to respond. Why don't we shift gears and Brad start with that tribute question. <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, coming off the NBA hall of fame. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich was talking Most watered-down Hall of Fame ever. Whoa. Okay, well, okay, talk about watered-down Hall of Fame NBA. Um, Rudy Tomjanovich uh, gave a shout-out to Robert Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob. So my question to you, Big Shot Bob Mm -hmm. played in the NBA for 17 seasons. He won like eight rings. And is getting some love for the Hall of Fame. My trivia question to you is, since we don't have any cues from Q, yeah. um, is does Big Shot Bob have more rings on his finger or more seasons that he averaged double digits in scoring? Oh, he was man. not a double digit guy? So you, he said he played for 17 seasons? 17 seasons in the NBA. And you think he has eight rings? I think he has eight rings. That's a... Educated shot in the dark. I believe you scientists call it a hypothesis. That's not quite what that is. But okay. Sure as hell is. We're not in school, so let's just roll with it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, one, of, one of the guys on set says it's summer already. 
True. true. Dude, I got a sunburn today. <laughs> I feel good. I'm yeah, gonna, me too. Still, still like that. I'm going to say he had more years scoring, average scoring in double digits. He was a pretty solid player. Not necessarily like the number one guy on a team, never, but a never. really, really solid teammate. And you can get 10 points in the NBA if you're a solid teammate, almost with your eyes closed, I feel like. However, uh, well, just for just devil's advocate, I'll say rings. All right. All right. You want the answer now? Wait. Oh, I don't. I don't care. I don't I'll get to you now. All right. Wait. Did you say he's getting love for like being a Hall of Famer? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. If you're not a double-digit guy and your name isn't Dennis Rodman, you, you can't get a Hall of Famer. But he has some of the biggest shots in NBA history. Yeah. Okay. A couple of times. Sure. <clears throat> so answer is not even close. Uh, he has seven rings. Okay. And he only averaged double-digit scoring. Three of his last four years in the league with the Spurs. (laughs) Okay. Never had double digits with the Rockets. Never had double digits with the Lakers. Okay. I see. I thought for sure. I would have said that he would have had his best year scoring with the Rockets. Me too. That would have been my my most with the Rockets. Me too. Me too. Um, Big shot Bob never made an all-star game. What? Then he can't be a Hall of Famer. I'm just stating. Yeah, that's true. I'm giving I mean, you maybe in the NBA. I would say that in the NBA, it's it's the it's the most difficult to make the All Star game, and the and easiest and, to make the Hall of Fame. Perhaps, <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's a look. Their 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 philosophy is big Hall of Fame mm-hmm. versus small Hall of Fame. Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob. Big Hall of Fame. You can't write the story of the NBA without Big Shot Bob. Yeah, and um, that's the only thing that I'll say. So I, I don't I, think he's that Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think he's a Hall of Gooder. Yeah, I kind of think that same thing too. When you he's think a Hall back, of Great Moments, sure, sure. You you don't think back to those '90s Rockets teams and think, oh man, Robert Ory was the reason. No, the reason was Michael Jordan played baseball. Well, because <laughs> it was the two years between the for three sure. For sure. By the way, great uniforms on those Rockets teams. Oh, back in the yes, 90s. they I, were. I love them. Yes, they I were. Love them. I never understood what color they. They were red and, They're red red and yellow, yellow and white. Yeah. Is it red or was it maroon? Oh, it was red. It was red. 100%. It wasn't it was like that, that that brandy wine color that the Cleveland Cavaliers had. No. It was red. You, you must have made an exception. All right, maybe. Um, hey, this was not something we had planned to talk about, but you said you can kind of accidentally fall into 10 points a game I in an NBA so. game. And I agree. 48-minute game. Yes. So this week, there was the 10th triple-double in WNBA league History that league's been around for like 25 years. That's surprising. Now, though, we we kind of had <clears throat> texted about it. Like, why is that? The games are shorter. Yep. They play like the college men's game, sure. two 20 minute halves. Mm-hmm. But 10 triple doubles in league history blew me away. In, in with the fact that like LeBron James has like 60 some by himself, right, Russell right. Westbrook just broke the record, right? So, now let me ask you guys this How many WNBA games have you watched? Well, like, like start to finish, yeah, never zero, correct? So, my question is this How do the rules in the WNBA game differ from the NBA game? Because the NBA game is all about keep the lane open, allow guys to drive, and score. What is, rules is the, are we referring to? 
Like how, how they call fouls? No, no, no. Or defensive like, rules okay, and how you zone. can play defense and, and zone. So in the women's game is a little bit more like NCAA basketball where you're not one-on-one as much, where the lane is a little more clogged and it's therefore more difficult to get that triple-double. Well, I don't think okay, scoring is the issue with triple-doubles. You don't? No. It's got to be the other things. You think it's the rebounds, the the assists, yeah, steals, yeah, yeah, or the or hey, we did also talk about recently, Will Chamberlain quintuple double, yes, and not what? quintuple double, but like thirty block shots in a game. Yeah, well, we're gonna talk about this sometime when we have more specifics on numbers because that that blew me away. Oh, he's gonna pull it up. I think it clearly is shows that that at that point Wilt was. It was he. He was more dominant in his era than LeBron is now. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not even. I think close. it was. I think it was twenty-four block shots, Brett. I think if I remember right. But here's the deal: How, as a opposing right. coach, do you allow somebody to get twenty-four block shots? Here's the, here's the, here's the stat line: fifty-three points, thirty-two rebounds, fourteen assists, twenty-four blocks, and eleven steals. <laughs> Only 11 steals. It can't be real. What? And the question then comes to how many ladies that night that – Whoa! Because <laughs> that might have been the next double-digit Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. What do they call a sextuple? <laughs> Which is kind of fitting. Okay, there we go. Wow. All right, moving on. <laughs> Whoa. What would be – so that, that's an incredible stat line. What's the equivalent of that? Is there an equivalent of that in, in the NFL or MLB? And my brain says in MLB, you almost have to think of like Shohei Otani. You have to like strike out 10 guys at and the same hit time, hit a cycle. couple bombs. And have a assist. Right. I mean, just something insane. I saw a great one though. Oh, Shohei Otani pitched the first six innings and now he's playing right field. So what? I did that when I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> we so got to do an episode of Shohei. Because Shohei is incredible. Oh. We have to talk. We, this is a different episode. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's common knowledge, well documented. I think his teammate, Michael Trout, yes. is the most overrated well, player. You're going to have to talk about that sometime, too. And I think that Shohei... Like I maybe started out thinking he was, he might be the most underrated player in history. He's pretty low key. Yeah, and he like not just throws 100 miles an hour, not just hits bombs. He's like he's cooking on the bases. Yep. He's fast. He's, he's a big dude. He's good. Now he is. There are people, uh, you know, he's he's been healthy this year, so they're talking about him for the the AL MVP. And it's early, so who uh, knows what's going to happen? Old, but if he stays healthy, it's an old brainer. I would think so. To me, it is. But here's the question: Is is he going to be a trendsetter? That now are will we see other pitchers play positions as well? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I just I think it's they're they're paying them too much money to do a thing and that thing gets jeopardized when they're doing other things. I would I would even say that I, that I don't sell a lot of jerseys. Yeah. I don't think so because the culture of baseball is to specialize. Our culture, specifically here in the United States, is to specialize in sports. He comes from a different culture. It's probably the, the, a similar one over there. I think it's harder for 
um, someone from our culture to make that happen. I just, I just think baseball guys would say, no, you don't do that. We're going to turn you into the next Max Scherzer instead of a pitcher and you're going to go play out in the field. All right, we'll see. There, there's two segues there, and they're both going to different directions, but things we're going to talk about tonight. The, the one is like, hey, baseball guys, they're kind of old school, right? Kind of stodgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of, when I say baseball guys, I do kind of say that, yeah. The other one is jersey sales. Let's go jersey sales. Jersey sales? Okay. Um, Tim Tebow has signed a contract with the Jags. We don't know if it means he'll actually appear in a game or on a roster, but he signed a contract with the Jaguars to play tight end. Yep. And this week, I think they track jersey sales for each team each week. He is the highest selling jersey for the Jaguars. By the way, they drafted Trevor Lawrence. Number one. Overall. Number one overall. I think they drafted him sometime in September. Probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tim Tebow is the number one selling jersey. Number 85. Nice. By the way, if you're if you're the owner or the promotions department of Jacksonville, well done. <laughs> Even if he never plays a game, okay. well done. That is amazing. He's so, well done when he thinks so, like, so does he such play a week one? And this is where I was going. I, I told you guys pre-show that and I was going to ask you for a bet. Do you think he plays game one? Oh, how much are we laying down? Because I left a good gambling party at Hintz's Hacienda to come here and do this. Uh, Here's what I'm going to say. Podcast. I think he plays week one. What does he do? I, I don't know. I think he is on I think he is on the 53-man roster for week one. To get on the field. He is on the 53-man roster for week one. And I will bet a Tim Tebow official apparel <laughs> on it. If you're something that's to take me up Wait, okay, so, so we got to buy your jersey if he does it? No, no, no. Tim Tebow has his own line of clothes. Wait, what? T-shirts really? and hats. And okay. What is on that? Him? I don't know. It's like his logo. Is like he's got like a Tiger Woods logo? Yeah. Well, Tom Brady, yeah, Stephen what? Curry, they all have it But now. Tim Tebow's played minor league baseball for the last three years. And he's made millions of dollars on his own brand of clothes. Yeah. Tim so, Tebow is there. So do you want to bet me? Like, I'm not a betting man, so I'm out. I have no Ryan's idea. not either, but now he feels like obligated that he has to. I know, because he got no, off first. <laughs> I have no idea if he's going to be on the field, but I will tell you this. I hope he is, because I like Tim Tebow. He seems like a good guy, and I, I root for Tim Tebow. And it, part of the reason I root for Tim Tebow is because there are so many haters of oh, Tim Tebow. Oh, there really are. And I don't really get it. I don't really, I, I don't. I don't get Why would you hate Tim well, Tebow? He seems like a good dude. I don't think I hate him. I think I hate a lot of the attention that he gets because I think it seems that's not his fault. No, it's, it's not. His, no, it's not his fault at all. And I would say it's not the media's fault. Whoa. It's our fault because we watch that shit. No, listen. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say I hate him. So it's not his fault. Right. I think a lot of the attention he gets is maybe unwarranted. Maybe like in my mind, how Mike Trout gets too much attention. Sure. I think it's, well, he did this in college and he's, he's a really good Christian and I have nothing against being a really good Christian. I'm, I, I consider myself a Christian. I, I, I just think like he gets attention for those things as an athlete and those things have nothing to do with his athletic performance. Ooh, 
he is a phenomenal athlete. Agreed. He might not be the best quarterback. He's not the best quarterback. Or or baseball player. Baseball player. But as far as like athleticism goes, dude's an athlete. For sure. And that's where I think he is going to thrive in the position that he is. Because Ted he hasn't played football in like six or seven years. Dude, you me hit you, me block you, me run route, me catch ball. Football's not a sport for brain surgeons. Football is a sport you of know, athletes. Hold on. I, I didn't play a lot of football. Full disclosure, I officiate football. I played okay. one year of football in my life. I've been to enough football practices and talked to enough football coaches. I disagree with the brain surgeon thing. There's a lot going on on the offensive and defensive side of the football. Yeah, but when my X's are bigger than your O's, that the chest playing is minimal compared to athletes being athletes. And I will say that in this case, Tim Tebow will be an athlete and he will out-athleticize guys he goes against and he is going to find a way to play on the field. As a former college assistant coach that I had once said, pardon my athleticism. So pardon Tim at Tim Tebow's athleticism. I think he's an athlete he's going to play. I hope so. And the Jags? I love the Jags color schemes. <laughs> Absolutely. You They're gotta, the worst helmets, though. All oh, the helmets oh, are terrible. The faded helmet. They give me the fade. They're, ter- they're horrible. But the black and the teal, primo. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny that when they came out, they were legit. And then it, where we're at, like, fashion's very cyclical. Oh, of course. As, as obviously we should be qualified to talk about fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they went kind of out and now they're like kind of back in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, I know we're running short of time here. So Wait, we're already short on time. We just started. We, we're talking a lot today. We're, we're rolling. Buddy. We just hit record. That's true. All right. So unwritten rules. I'm just going to jump right into Let's it. Do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Light cool. us up, Brian. All right. So <laughs> Yerman. He's a, he's a guy Mercedes. named Yerman who plays for the Chicago White Sox. Mercedes, Let's leave it there. We think Garcia. Third base. No, he's a catcher. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Yerman for the White Sox. Hit a 3-0 home run in like a 15-4 game in the ninth <laughs> inning against a position player for the Twins. Catcher. Utility right? guy. Utility guy, okay. Williams Astudito, La Tortuga. And he's a fan favorite. Good nickname. You're going to be nickname Lock Tortuga. You're a fan favorite. <laughs> Today, actually, they were on the MLB network and he got hit in the backside. I think announcer said he got hit in his shell. The, the turtle got hit in his shell. <laughs> the average man in the stands getting his Miller Light is like, I can relate to that dude. Right there. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, I think the Brewers for a long time had a few players that yes. were like, oh, yeah, beer league softball. I can right. relate to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. So, anyways. La Tortuga throws a 47, 49 mile an hour EFIS that is 3 0. And Yerman, Mercedes, yep, he hit the ball out of the ballpark. And okay, we had the conversation with Tatis and 3 0 and swinging and hitting a grand slam and whatever. And I kind of came around to, okay, that's fine. I've got a, I've got a kid right now on our team who is 3 0. And you know what? I don't want you to walk. I want you to swing. Yes. So that happens. Okay. 
I have a little issue doing it against a position player in a game that's 15 to four. I, I really do. However, I think the really interesting part is his manager went public and said, well, he didn't have a clue. And the reason he didn't have a clue is he's a rookie, but he's got a clue now and there will be consequences. Yeah. So two things. One is I have no problem with him swinging on it. I have a problem with him going against the take sign. He was given a sign to take. He was given the sign to take. He still swung. If the manager didn't give or the third base coach didn't give the take sign, swing away. Yes. You've got to, you've got to stop it. Now, a manager or a third base coach in this case plays the political role as well, plays the role of let's make sure shit doesn't hit the fan the next game that we play. Let's take take your base and, and, and move on from there. And that's where I have the problem because it's greater than that game in the instance, knowing the unwritten rules, which, by the way, baseball's unwritten rules drive me crazy. Um, well, Tony LaRusso knows those better than the written rules. Of course he does. <laughs> He didn't he know about the whole MLB thing, but he knew about the unwritten rules. Of course he does. So, again, way more coverage than it needed to be. Hey, make a better pitch if you want to get a guy out. Absolutely. Um, it was a pretty good pitch. I mean, it was it was going to be a strike. And on the other side of it, hey, as a manager, be loyal to your players. I don't care if they're a rookie or not a rookie. Don't call them out in a public forum. Talk to him privately. Hey, don't do that again. If I give you the take sign, you freaking take and, yeah. and don't hit the bottom. Yep. Done. Over. Agree. Yeah. I, from what I read an article that said he missed the take sign. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. We don't know. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you want to swing that three and hit a bomb? Go for it. 14 to four? Go for it. What was, do it. Because you get paid. You get paid. If it's 15 four, go for it. <laughs> because when they look back at the season and they see your numbers, they're not remembering that you hit that bomb off of the guy that plays second base every four days. You get paid for hitting bombs. But Tony La Russa, don't throw your guy under the bus in public. All, it, all that does is make Tony seem like a stodgy old white man who's trying to dictate to a very young lawn. Hispanic player lawn. that this is the way we play it here. We don't play it the way you play it from where you come from. So I, I see it – I. I don't see it as racist, but I think race plays a role. Oh. I think culture plays a role in Tony La Russa and him doing this. Just pull the guy into your office and say, hey, man, I gave you the, I gave you the sign to take. What happened? And if, and if Yerman says, I missed it and I swung, you say, okay, don't miss any more signs and be done. Yes. You don't go to the press conference and keep on going. It's over. But by the way, he kept on going – like he doubled down because the twins threw behind him the next day, which is wrong. And and he said, I have no problem with it. Correct. Correct. That so blows my mind. Because that's another on-rate rule. Like you disrespected us, so we're gonna throw at you. I and I get that. I do. I, I totally get that. If I felt disrespected, you're gonna get thrown at. And then you have to be okay with getting thrown out of the game. Yeah. And or everybody meeting to push and shove and talk about things in the middle sure. of the game. But <laughs> where I'm really conflicted is I don't, I'm not okay with him swinging at the pitch, mainly because it's a position player. And I know we're going to disagree on that. I'm fine with that. I'm way more not okay with La Russa publicly calling out his guy. Terrible. And, and it's so dysfunctional because then on social media, which La Russa knows nothing about probably, <laughs> 
like teammates and the guy are like, no, oh, whatever. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Yep. Yeah. But apparently there's no issue in the White Sox clubhouse. Oh, there's issues. <laughs> yeah, there there's is. They oh, the, issue, the issue isn't with the players, though. The issue is between players and, and managers. Correct. Right? So the players, this might be something that unites the players down the line. Like, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. To unite. Yes. Yeah. I would agree. It's interesting stuff. That's for sure. All right. Would you rather? Okay, so here. <clears throat> no idea where this came from. Those mowing the lawn or something the other day. And just thought, all right. Go back to your college of, of choice. Okay. I don't know if you're at River Falls or Stout or wherever you're at. I went to a few. You went to a couple. Whitewater, maybe. Cardinals Bridge. I'll, I'll leave up. You're, you're a single man. <clears throat> Would you rather be... Never was at any of those. The best <laughs> dancer at the party? <laughs> yeah, or... Would you rather be able to be the best guitar player where you just pick up your guitar and start strumming a tune and, and sing along to a tune? So that's, would you rather? That's a slam dunk for me. What you got? What do you got? Um, Justin, you and I are a member of a band, yes or no? Yes. What's it called? Nail and Felt. Guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think I'm picking guitar too because playing the guitar seems like a skill that is much more difficult to acquire than moving my body to the beat okay. of a good song. So I think I'm rolling with that. You're rolling with Yeah. How about you? I think I'm dancing. Okay. I just think you're the center of the attention. Yeah, uh, I get that. There's there's no reason that you gotta sing or you know, you don't you don't get asked if you sing this song. No, I just play the guitar. Sure, it, right? So um and, and all eyes on you and, and i think um oof, i don't know if i've ever had a, a lady say like "Ooh, that's true I, I i don't like a guy who can really dance oh no look if you can dance you're definitely throwing now they're throwing out there what the women are looking for let's make sure let's be you understand i've never met either one of those people <laughs> so it's not Really relevant okay. to the situation. So now let me just ask you this real quick as a as a sidebar. Of our loyal listeners, <laughs> name the single loyal listener that you think that you think you may not necessarily know, but you think has the best dance moves. Probably Todd Carter. I love it. That's why I was going. My brain originally initially went to not Jeff Agnew. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right, me or you? I don't care. All right, I'll go win in Rome. And by the way, this is kind of a two-parter because I want to know pre-pandemic and pandemic. Okay. Okay. So, Ace, I gotta, I gotta be careful how I phrase this. <laughs> we, we've had, we've had a bathroom question before. Okay. About washing hands, right? Yeah, wet your hands first. Wet your hands first, right? first. This is a bathroom question and has to, again, do with the sink. Okay. Are you ever, ever in a public bathroom getting a drink of water out of the sink? Yes. No. If you're in a public bathroom. And, and, and hold on, maybe I should back up. And by that, I mean sticking your head under the faucet to get a drink. I can see myself doing that. Why? Because I need water. 
Oh, if bad. I, if, bad. I'm a, if I'm in a public place, though, there's got to be a bubbler somewhere that's close. Well, you could be just in a public restroom, and maybe there's a bubbler outside, but it's not working. Brian's saying, can you envision a scenario in which? Sure. And I can't. Let's Absolutely. Say, let's say you're in the staff lounge bathroom. <laughs> Are you about to call somebody out? Not by name, but somebody <laughs> Somebody told me they saw somebody do this this week. I cannot wait until we stop recording you tell me the name. <laughs> telling you i don't do that in my own house um i will say my two-year-old daughter though does and she like latches <laughs> and, it's, and i'm trying to break her up and it's terrible i'm like don't do that right. she like puts her lips around the faucet <laughs> and she does it well she doesn't so. want to waste any i know for the record i'm not quote latching my lips onto the faucet okay <laughs> Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> oh my! So, and I think that's my answer pre or post pandemic. So this, yeah, okay. This, never mind. Go ahead, Justin. All right, Justin, I said so much already. I got a text message earlier today from my my brother in law. They came to me and my dad, and he and it, it was something along the lines of, "Holy crap! Aaron Judge just hit a line drive, and whoever the Yankees played today." And the ball came off the bat at 117 miles an hour, which made my brain instantly that, think. That might be one of the higher I've heard. That's hard. Yeah. And I asked myself, what's the hardest baseball that's ever been measured coming off a bat? The fastest speed. So do we say so, in the StatCast era? Correct. So okay. this is StatCast era. So we can't look at, you know, Babe Ruth. So we're talking names. probably like the last five, six years. Correct. Okay. So let's say the last 10 years. So do you know... Not only the hardest hit ball that we've measured on StatCast, but who has hit the hardest ball on StatCast? Okay, I'll take a shot. At sure. I'm going to say it's probably about 120. And I'm going to say, and this is not even a homer call. This guy doesn't make a lot of contact, but when he does, it's hard. I'm going to say Miguel Sano. Okay. Okay. And I'm, in my guess. mind, I'm thinking, are we going a, a big, strong guy hitting the ball? Or we're going with like a super fast bat speed sure. coming at that ball. And where well, I think most of the time those two things are the same. Just my thought. With Tatis. Okay, nice. How, I, how hard? But again, I how hard do you think? I think it's in the mid 120s. Okay. Um, I found a couple different sites, and, and, and one of them said 123. Okay. And the other one said 121.3. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure in my answer, but, but the, same guy. the name of the guy is the same. And this guy has, let me count the list here. He's got the three hardest balls ever hit in the stat cast era since we've been measuring. Well, I kind of want to change my name now. Who do you want to say? Well, if, if it's not Sano, then it's either Judge or Car uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton. Okay. Top three. And not only that, but there have been like, about fewer than 10 baseballs hit over 120 miles an hour off the bat in the StatCast era. Every single one of them is a Yankee. It's either a ball hit by Stanton, by Judge, or by Gary Sanchez. Really? Gary Sanchez? Gary Sanchez hit a ball in 2018 that came off the bat at 121.1 miles per hour. He can't play catcher. At least he can hit. That's crushing the ball. So my question is, how many of those ended up as – Ground balls to the shortstop. Base right. hits. That or, I don't have an answer to. I we have to dig into the numbers a little yeah. bit. It's I interesting. Find any of those home runs. 
Oh yeah, I think so. But I think that the the line outs, ground outs, the ball that my brother-in-law texted me about this afternoon was a line drive out. 117 miles. I mean, that ball is humming. I hope you got Sick good leather in that glove. No kidding. <laughs> Woo! Wow. That's incredible. That's that's cooking. Yeah. Not messing around. All right. Does that wrap it up for us? That wraps so. it up. Episode 37, the Dave Steve episode. Well, Nick Van Axel. Dave Steve was a good pitcher. Nick Van Axel. Dave Meta. Steve. World peace. I like it. Let's just talk about the uniforms Dave Steve wore for Some of the best uniforms ever. Oh, my gosh. And they were great teams. Yes. Back-to-back World Series champs. Yes. Joe Carter or Mitch Williams. What did you like best about the home Blue Jays unis of that era? The white-fronted hats. Okay. You like the paneled hats? Yeah. Okay. For sure. I just like that contrast of that blue on the white, and there was some piping down the arms. Yeah. Oh man, beautiful uniforms. You got John O'Rourke, Old Rook standing at first base with a pine tart up mm. batting helmet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good stuff. By the way, we're talking a little bit about uniforms, and early on in our life as a podcast, we had the uniform episode. We did. I had somebody ask me this week, have you ever done a show about the worst logos or uniforms? And I thought maybe that's something we should do. I think we should 100% do that. We did kind of one time talk about that. It we might have been that same bad, episode. Yeah. We talked about some bad unis. Mostly, I went football, I know. We split it up. There's I some, like it. So there's some, some bad logos. Colorado State ones. We're, we're not going to dip into the high school world, are we? <laughs> I don't think we should. <laughs> I probably shouldn't. We, want, we all want our jobs. Yeah. Good. Are we still recording? Yes, yeah. we are. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> you can email the show only if you like it at freshmanparkinglot at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know if we're taking hot mom emails for hats or not. But uh, let's wrap this up. Brad, hit end. All right. Hey, uh, Rudy's Nursery, we appreciate uh, all that you do.